This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talk Money to Me. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. And this is your Need to Know Wealth podcast where we make the complex simple. Another week has passed, Felicity, and it has been very busy. I'm finding there's a lot of market news at the moment. You know, recently we've had the first crypto ETF launch on the ASX. Very exciting. That was exciting. The beta shares crypto innovators. And it hit a day one record, right, of 42 million funds pouring into the ETF. So that was pretty cool. And then the RBA caught up for their monthly board meeting. No surprise here, leaving the cash rate unchanged at 10 basis points. But you know what, Candice, what was actually interesting is they did announce they might actually look to raise rates in 2023 rather than 2024, which they were previously signalling. Yeah, definitely true. Um, we'd love to hear actually what news is interesting you at the moment, what you're reading about. So definitely send us an email, tmtm at equitymates.com, and we'll hopefully talk about it on our next show. Or if you don't like sending emails, slide into our socials, send us a DM and we will uh, address those questions you've got. <laughs> did you just ask the audience to slide into our DM? Is that bad? <laughs> Anyways. No, I like moving it. Moving on. Right, let's move on. So another big focus of this week was um, everything ethical investing in ESG. So very topical right now, you know, in the markets is impact investing, ethical investing, uh, and in particular, the climate talks that has just wrapped over in Glasgow. Now here at Talk Money To Me, we designed this podcast so we can help further educate you on your investment journey by drawing on our expertise and experience in the markets. So spoiler alert, guys, you know, get your notepad, perhaps prepare to learn quite a bit because we're going to be deep diving into the world of ESG, impact, and actually venture capital investing. But remember, yes, we are the experts in the room. But do not take our conversation today as personal advice. Even though we're registered financial advisors at Shore and Partners, please know that the podcast and the content discussed today does not constitute as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. The content on this podcast is general in nature, and you should seek appropriate professional advice before making any financial decisions. So, CB, what are we going to get stuck in today now that the disclaimer is over and done with? Now it's out of the way. So, we're going to be chatting about all things ESG investing and what that actually means the sustainable development goals and the investing opportunities that you can do to get those goals ticking away, Uh, impact investing and what that means, a few ways to invest to make an impact towards climate change action. And then finally, we're going to leave you pondering the idea of climate change because we think it's probably the most important SDG goal to work towards when you are an ESG uh, focused investor and, you know, leave you with some ESG impact investment thesis thoughts. Right. So this is going to be a really huge topic. I'm really excited about this. So Candice, can you just to start us off, please explain to us what ESG investing actually means because it gets thrown around a lot. What does it actually mean? It does get thrown around a lot. So ESG 
another financial, you know, jargon term. It stands for environmental, social and governance. So investors are increasingly applying these non-financial factors as part of their analysis process to identify the material risks and growth opportunities when investing in capital markets. So ESG metrics are not commonly part of the mandatory financial reporting that we have seen in the past. However, it's now changing that trend. So it's increasingly more and more you know, prevalent for businesses to make disclosures in their annual report about their standalone sustainability report. So it's a new element that investors are demanding really. Yeah, definitely. I think people are looking at it as a number one priority. Yeah. And I think the coronavirus in particular, like it's sped up a lot about cybersecurity tech, but it's also really accelerated the ESG conversation in capital markets because we now know, you know, you need to just have a sustainable long-term approach when it comes to how you make financial decisions, government decisions, institutional decisions. Definitely. So ESG investing is very broad and, you know, it's very much different to each person's perspective, right? So there's Mm. no cookie cutter approach. However, there is a select kind of set of menus or strategies that the capital markets work off. So the main ones being you can look at negatively screening or excluding out elements you know, like look, screen out for companies that you're just not into. Maybe they have tobacco exposure, gambling, you know, um, issues on their human rights, for example. Or actually another term for it is called norms-based screening. Exactly. So you'd see that as well. Yeah. And then the flip side of that, Felicity, is you can positively screen for companies. So rewarding companies that are strong in their ESG performances which leads into sustainably themed investing, such as a fund focused on access to clean water or renewable energy. And then you've also got ESG integration. So that actually includes ESG factors in fundamental analysis, which we're actually going to be focusing on today. Yeah. And when you have the ESG integration as a framework, that kind of funnels down into impact investing, you know, looking for companies that make a positive impact on an ESG issue that they're integrating and they're actively making a return on that impact, right? So yes, they're making profitability, X, Y, Z returns on their balance sheet, but they're also communicating their impact, right? You know, how much are they saving on water, for example? And then that leads to active ownership. So engaging deeply with portfolio managers or companies you know, that are actually having conversations about the ESG targets with the board. So that sounds really great, um, to be completely honest. And so how about a few examples of ESG investment themes? So there's so many, right? Let's focus on a few of the big topical ones at the moment. Obviously, climate change, elephant in the room. Number one. Mm -hmm. You've got welfare and social responsible investing. So that's more of your social and government's play, right? You're not really talking Mm -hmm. about the E there. Inclusion and diversity, massive. That's huge. Female board members, you know, diversification in terms of ages in your workforce, different socioeconomics, backgrounds, ethnicity, et cetera, et cetera. And then sustainable investment management. So, you know, that can be interpreted many ways, right, in terms of board remuneration, bonuses, options in the companies and so forth. Awesome. So, Candice, let's break it down even further. So, let's break down the E in ESG. You know, we know it stands for environmental, but what exactly does that cover? Yep. So, the conversation we need to be having is really around the environmental aspect of our beautiful planet. So, climate change and carbon emissions, greenhouse gas emissions, air quality and water pollution, 
biodiversity? How is your company potentially impacting the plants and animals around the area? Deforestation, Mm -hmm. energy efficiency. You were hearing a lot about hydrogen, for example, future-facing commodities that we chatted about last time, Felicity, you know, Mm. that is exciting. Uranium, big topic, you were pitching Silex. Mm. Waste management, water scarcity. So the list goes on. But really just think, guys, when you're thinking ESG investing, the E stands for positive or negative impact to the environment. 100%. That's a good way to look at it. So essentially what you're saying here is look for companies that are heavily investing into these areas for our environment or are looking into ways that their company does impact it and trying to improve. Yeah. And dig up their financial report, but also now look for their sustainability report. Let's give everyone an example here. So Adobe is is a well-known and one of the greenest IT companies actually in the world. The company has already made some impressive achievements, including obtaining LEED certification for more than 70% of its workplaces. It also has ambitious goals, including getting to net zero energy consumption and reducing its packaging, packaging being a resource drain and a big contributor to plastic pollution. You know, Adobe is also a corporate leader in reducing its water use to respond to California's historic drought, even after it had already reduced its water by more than 60% since 2000, through means like installing environmentally friendly fixtures and landscaping with native plants. Don't you just love those really cool tech IT businesses? 100%. I wish we could all work for one, right? They're so cool. Well, you find a lot of them are falling in these ethical ETFs, yeah. right? So not only do you, you know, they're green, but they're also in tech, which is just booming. 100%. And changing the way the, way the world is, to be honest. Yeah, and it's sort of sad to think that the way forward, I think, for a lot of exposure in the environmental ESG space is through entrepreneurs. It's through the private sector, like these massive giant IT companies saying, we demand change. uh, And then that will hopefully make government and other policies follow suit. Correct. That's a very good point. And so, Candice, let's revert to what does the S stand for? So, the S stands for social. So, these are conversations we're having about our people and the relationships within the organization that have an impact, positive or negative. So, customer satisfaction, big one, data protection and privacy, Hello, Facebook, Uh, gender and diversity, employee engagement, community relations and how they, you know, engage with their wider, broader community, human rights, labour standards, the list goes on. Do you want to give us an example of a company that you think would be, you know, hitting these kind of social goals? So one that comes to my mind is another IT giant company, Salesforce. Mm -hmm. So you know, apart from being a leader in the tech space, you know, cloud-based software and um, CRM database, they're also trailblazing in the realm of corporate philanthropy. So what do people don't realize is when you go through all their financials, they have this fantastic policy called the 111 philanthropic model. So what that involves is they give 1% of their product, 1% of their equity, and 1% of their employees' time to donate to the non-profit sector. So to date, Salesforce employees have logged more than 5 million volunteered hours to the non-for-profit sector, which is just phenomenal. And here's the financial return, 406 million in grants and donations to over 40,000 charities and educational institutions. So I just think that's 
fantastic. That is fantastic. And their share price has also performed over 18.5% in the last 12 months. So not only are they giving so much money away, they're actually you know increasing their performance on the market. So great investment. All right. Finally, what does the G stand for? So G, the final one, is governance. And it's all about the standards of running the company. So board compensation and how that's built up, the audit committee and the structure around the audit committee, bribery and corruption, obviously big no-nos, executive compensation and bonuses, lobbying, the relationships with the government, you know, and political contributions and the whistleblower scheme. So for example, Facebook, right? Oh, sorry. It's now called Meta. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. Meta. They've had a lot of press around the whistleblower space at the moment and essentially poor governance and, you know, poor management by Zuckerberg. So this is really a topical conversation and probably more so the most important ESG factor, the G factor, because Mm. big tech private enterprises are running countries these days, particularly in the US. So, you know, just changing a name is not walking away from your government's issue. Like there's going to be, watch that space. It's just going to keep going. A hundred percent. And look, you know, it, you often start with ESG investing, um, but then some people and some companies like to take it to the next level and, and fund managers as well by actually screening for the sustainable development goals. Yeah, that's a massive point, Felicity, and fund managers and ETFs do it as well, providers. So I think it's a super useful tool for us to quickly go over the goals and what the heck SDG stands for. All right. So what are the UN Sustainable Development Goals? Now, the history of the SD goals goes actually back to 2015, which actually wasn't really that long ago, when the United Nations member state provided a blueprint for peace and prosperity for people on the planet now and into the future. Now, at its heart are the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which are the SDGS, which are an urgent call for action by all countries developed and developing in a global partnership. They recognise that ending poverty and other deprivations must go hand in hand with strategies that improve health, education, reduce inequality and spur economic growth, all while tackling climate change and actually working to preserve our oceans and forests. Amazing. And I love that they have outlined clearly these different goals. So 17, run us through them super quick. Number one is achieving no global poverty. Number two is achieving zero hunger for all peoples. Number three is ensuring healthy lives and well-being for all ages. Four is quality education for all. Five is gender equality. Six is clean water and sanitation. Seven is affordable and clean energy. Eight is decent work and economic growth. Nine is build resilient infrastructure, sustainable industry and future innovation. Ten reduces inequalities. Eleven, sustainable cities and communities. Twelve, responsible consumption and production. Thirteen, climate change 14 is conserve and sustainable use of our oceans 15 protect restore and sustain life on the land so your plants and animals 16 promote peace justice and strong institutions which stand for global peace and 17 last but not least is strengthen the relationships worldwide and partnerships to achieving these goals how did i go that was speed round. It was like speed dating. It was so good. If anyone missed it, just pause, rewind. <laughs> but essentially, right, like the 17 goals, 
it's really encompassing the ESG conversations we just touched on. That's it. And as we're focusing on the ESG issues of climate change today, really SDG 6 onwards, these goals are addressing the impact changes the globe needs to take on board to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. So it's very common for fund managers and investment mandates to firstly screen investments for positive ESG metrics and then apply the additional filters of the UN 17 SDG goals to ensure the fund is truly targeting ESG preferences and making a difference rather than just saying, oh, this is ESG. Yeah, exactly. They're taking that extra step. And I think since 2015, when the UN came out with this blueprint, like it's really changed the conversation because then you can be more true ESG focused, like you said. So according to the GIIN report of 2018, you know, traditional impact investment requires US three and a half trillion dollars in order to achieve these SDG goals by 2030. So that's a big number. Like, we really need to pump more money into this. That is a big number. It really is. So then that leads us into impact investing. All right, let's go. CB, take it away. So impact investing is really kind of what the name says. It's making investments with the intention to generate positive, measurable and environmental impacts alongside our favorite thing, making money. So, you know, we call talk money to me. Fantastic. We're trying to make, <laughs> make money. money for me. <laughs> Let's make money for me and make an impact. Impact investing can be made in both the emerging and developed markets, and it can range from you know different asset classes and obviously different returns, right? The higher you go up on the risk scale, you know, if we're talking like private equity or VC funds, more mm-hmm. risk, more reward. And the growing impact investment market provides capital to address these world's pressing challenging issues that we just covered off, such as sustainable agricultural farming, renewable energy, conservation, microfinance, affordable and accessible basic services like healthcare, water, housing, education, list goes on. Yeah, so that all makes quite a bit of sense now. I guess a common misconception about ESG and impact investing is that investors will actually sacrifice on the capital returns, which we know just isn't true. You know, in fact, a 2017 study um, by Nordia Equity Research, which is one of the largest financial services group in the Nordic region, reported that from 2012 to 2015, the companies with the highest ESG ratings actually outperformed the lowest rated firms by as much as four. 40%. That's that's huge, to be honest. Um, so to help ESG-conscious investors with their DD, Candice, what elements of impact investing do you typically look out for? Well, a good starting point is to, to like we talked about, you know, in our first couple of shows for cities, you've got to look at the financials first, right? Like strip out, you know, yes, you're trying to save the planet, but is this company making money? And to your point, you know, another great piece of evidence out there in 2018, Merrill Lynch, which is a big US bank, they also found that ESG companies or ESG focused companies outperform their peers. And they typically are outperforming three year returns, right, than their peers. They're more likely to become higher quality blue chip stocks. They're also more likely to have um, larger price declines, so less market volatility and less likely to go bankrupt. So to answer your question, let's look firstly at the financials first, tick that box, then let's look at the ESG and their impact. So there's four elements there, you know, firstly being um, their intention, an investor's intention to have 
a social positive or environmental impact through their investment thesis. So, you know, companies normally have mission statements. They're now going further and they're having environmental statements. So look for that intention. And that's where you can go, okay, I'm happy with that ESG target. They've actually maybe even also identified a UN sustainable development goal as well. Secondly is the investment return expectation. So like I mentioned earlier, you know, once you decide your asset class, let's pick equities, right? Then you need to go, okay, well, is this a realistic financial return for this asset class and also a realistic, you know, minimum return of capital and a minimum return of impact that you're looking for? So typically, whether if it's a fund manager or an ETF, this is where you'll put it against the benchmark. It might be the MSCI ESG World Global Leaders Index as a benchmark, talk money to me, right? I keep saying that. It's, it's about making money. It's all well and good putting money into an ethical fund, but if it's not beating a benchmark, well, then you're not making money. You're better off just in an index ETF, to be honest. That leads into number three point to look out for is the return expectations versus the asset class. So impact investment target returns, you know, financially can really be a range, right? You can invest in green bonds, green loans, green fixed interest, which you're going to get sort of like four or 5% return versus further up the scale, you know, VC funding, private equity, you're going to get double digit returns, but the risks are higher. So that's important to note as well. And then finally, the impact measurement. This is where I think, you know, you and I, Felicity, have had a lot of chats um, with different fund managers about it. There's still a lack of investment in terms of a true measurement for impact. You've got to really rely on the company giving up the data to say, yes, we've made XYZ in profits and these have been our positive um, you know, ESG impacts. But I think that's going to change in the next decade. So we need to have a commitment from the markets that investors are screaming out for, you know, to really measure and report on their ESG performance. A hundred percent. I actually, it was a couple of years ago where we actually wanted all of our portfolios to be able to run an impact report. So we can actually report back to our clients saying, you know what, you've made, you know, 20% net of fees. However, you know, you've actually made X, Y impact. You've saved, you know, water here. You've stopped world hunger here, you know, and so forth. And then we also wanted to be able to donate a percent to different not-for-profits so we actually can make an impact there. So if anyone listening has this ability, we would love to talk to you because we still haven't managed to actually get that off the ground, but it's something that we're super interested in. And it's something that's definitely coming, you know, because more and more, I think the government here in Australia is about to commit um, a huge amount to the EV space, right? So putting more battery chargeable um, stations around so we can get to that EV conversation faster. So we will have those conversations like solar providers are now allowing consumers to know your impact. Eventually that's going to flow through. But yeah, like Felicity said, if you're listening and you're like an IT tech guru, and you can come up with some sort of solution hit us to help up. us. Hit That's us it. Up. Slide into the DMs. <laughs> okay, so now that we've covered off the basics beyond ESG investing, as well as how you can actually take it a step further, screen for those SDG goals in order to ensure that you're investing with an impact, we're going to chat about a few different ways in which you can invest into the ESG and impact space. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, and we're back. I hope you missed us. Right, so Candice, if we are going to just focus on addressing climate change as our ESG impact goal, um, there's obviously a few ways that we can do that. So once you pick your asset class, let's assume we're going with growth and equities yep, as no per brainer. usual. Like, <laughs> no brainer. Okay. So we've now chosen growth and equities. All right, Felicity. So talk us through, I guess, a couple of options that we can uh, decide to put our money to make an impact. All right. So we've decided, you know, our main focus is climate change. So you can invest directly into a listed company. So an equity. In our previous order pad, we spoke about Silex, which actually aims to be top five global uranium you know, producer by the end of the decade, you know, which again, we know uranium is a zero emission source of energy. Then you've got your ETF. So there's quite a few ETFs that we really like. Um, you know, we've got a lot of favorites in this space. You know, a couple of them that we'll go through is the BetaShare Sustainable Leaders ETF with the ticker being ETHI, which is quite cool. Last 12 months, it's performed over 33%, which is fantastic. Then you've got the BetaShare's Climate Change Innovation ETF, which again, ticker is quite cool. E-R-T-H, Earth, spelt incorrectly, but Earth. Well, you only, get four, uh, you only get four letters, right? And this Earth. inception hasn't even been a year. So it's been, you know, 15.5% since March 2021. Then we've got VANEC. So the VANEC Global Clean Energy ETF, which is clean, C-L-N-E. Um, again, cool. Since inception, uh, which again was early this year, about February, it's been you know, over 15%. And then lastly is iShares Global Clean Energy ETF, which is I-C-L-N, which I clean also. Great play on the ticker code. Uh, last 12 months has been over 18%. And I just want to quickly mention here in the last 12 months, right, all about benchmarking like we are talking about earlier, the ASX 200 index year-to-date has performed about 13.5%. So it, it just makes sense, in our opinion, and we're going to argue this point later on, it makes financial sense to go green, to be ESG-focused. I think so. And I think that's where the momentum is heading, right? So like you always do want to invest where there is momentum as well. And I think investing in ESG and companies that make a positive difference is where the momentum is going to be for the next 20, 30, 50 years. We don't have a choice, to be honest. So we've covered off shares, obviously, as option one, option two, ETFs. What are some more options if you're keen on ESG impact investing? So then you've got investing in an actively managed fund. So you've got Fidelity Sustainable Water and Waste Fund, which the last 12 months performance has been over 28%. It 
it's actually outperformed the MSCI ESG index by 1.85%. So important when you do invest in an active fund manager that they are outperforming the benchmark. And what's this, just remind us again, sorry to interrupt you Felicity, what's the stat on fund managers? It's like top 5%, right? Always outperform. Or is it two? I think it's 5% actually outperform and the rest don't consistently. So one might outperform one year and they don't, you know, for a couple of years. And it just doesn't make sense to be paying those additional fees. Um, but there are some really fantastic fund managers that consistently outperform. You know, I think, and you know, we know this, when the market's a bit more volatile, you know, that's when an active manager really does um, come into its own. Come into its own. But again, over the long term, just like FX, it kind of just comes out in the wash so you know find a good we've got some good fund managers we can probably list them another time um now we've got the bnp paribus earth trust so now it's only been recently launched but they do have a similar strategy although not 100 percent the same which is the global equity long short strategy which also had the exposure to the environmental thematic um you know in a market neutral vehicle so past six months has been close to 12 percent returns and then fourth we have you know you can invest in private equity funds and you've got your fifth as your venture capital funds. Okay, so those are the five different ways that you can actually invest or look to invest um, in this thematic or the way that actually the world is kind of moving, which is fantastic. Um, you know, let's do a quick recap actually between the differences between PE and VC funds as we want to ensure you actually know the difference as we're really going to have an amazing two special guests on next week that have a focus in the impact and VC space in particular. Yeah, that's right, Felicity, because remember our need to know episode, guys, is all about making sure you've got the right tools and education so you're prepped for our special guest interview episode coming up around the bend. So quickly, we'll cover it off. PE and VC you know, funds, they're primarily different from each other in the following way. So firstly, the types of companies they invest in. Secondly, the levels of capital invested, the amount of equity they obtain in these investments will very much drastically differ from PE to VC level. And then at what point in the life cycle do they get involved? Yeah, so we know that private equity investment firms often take a majority stake, being 50% ownership or more. It's usually in more mature companies operating in traditional industries. Now, PE firms usually invest in established businesses that are deteriorating because of inefficiencies. I guess the assumption is that once those inefficiencies are, <laughs> once those inefficiencies are corrected, the business could become a lot more profitable. This is changing a little bit as PE firms Firms are increasingly buying out actually VC-backed tech companies, which is interesting. That is interesting. And that's because in contrast, VC capital investment firms act more as like kind of a mentor to these younger startup businesses. So the younger, often tech-focused companies are growing rapidly and the VC firms are jumping on board in, you know, helping them exchange for minority stake of equity. So maybe less than 50% mm. ownership in these businesses um, to really give their expertise and and to help them grow rapidly. So a couple of examples for you of VC-backed companies is Stripe, which is an online payments processing platform headquartered in San Francisco in the US. And a really probably famous one we're all hearing about a lot at the moment is SpaceX, which is the LA um, US-based firm Sorry, not a firm. It's basically the rocket and spaceship provider. Yeah. Right? 
It's like not a fan. Not a fan. Trying to go to Mars, trying to go to the moon. So both of these asset classes are typically expecting investors to lock away their capital for a certain period of time and they do have significant investment risks. So, you know, just be careful when you're investing in PE and VC funds. It's often only open to sophisticated or wholesale investors because there's a high minimum investment threshold to jump in. Yeah, exactly. And if you haven't actually heard our episode on, you know, your early stage investing, um, suggest you go back to those episodes before actually listening to our interview because it will actually help you a lot before our next interview, which is where we're actually going to be talking to an impact investment manager. Now, we want to highlight the importance of addressing climate change. There's so much data out there in relation to negative outcomes of continuing to pollute and destroy our natural environment, oceans and ecosystems. Yeah, that's right. So in our opinion, climate change is arguably the most important SDG goal to target. And that's because the stats and the estimations just really speak for themselves. So it's estimated that 200 million people will potentially be displaced. And that's we're talking multiple different populations by 2050 due to rising greenhouse gas emissions which just makes me really sad. Yeah. (laughs) And we're going to be a bit of a downer on this topic at the moment, but we're going to make impact. We're going to make change, people. That's it. It's not too late. No, that's right. It's also estimated that $8 trillion worth of damages will arise annually as a result of climate change and all the negative impacts. So that means it's costing the world to just continue to harm our environment. It's also predicted that economic slowdown will occur by 10 to 30%, driven mainly by global loss in GDP by 2100. So I'm hoping these stats is really making the decision makers around the world just go, All right, we need to do something about this because it's bad for the global economy. And in 2016, in fact, 607 companies alone lost 14 billion USD um, as a result of water scarcity through droughts, floods and other water related risks. So water scarcity in particular in the climate change conversation really poses a particularly severe financial risk to companies, you know, which would do rely on a lot of water intensity um, capex to to make their business operate. And look, just like the COVID virus, you can't argue with science. I agree 100 percent. You can't ignore the facts that data and science and that's because you know now I've just I feel like the conversation's changing the globe is no longer asking whether the transition from fossil fuel based in economic model it's not about a question of should we do that it's about how quickly should we move into the future economy right how are we going to be more low emissions how are we going to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions how are we going to address all those biodiversity question marks that we're facing so and it's about who's going to finance it who's going to lead the charge you know we do need the three spheres which is what the UN talk about we need the private sector to join in we need the public sector to commit and then we need institutions to all work harmlessly so that's why you can tell we're really passionate about this space we're both ESG investors ourselves and we're super excited to you know kick off our interview to talk more about this space yeah so We are going to uh, help address all of these questions on how the globe will actually achieve this by 2030 and 2050 um, 
with two very special guests lined up. We'll be chatting to Jeremy Little and Zarmeen Parvi, who run an ESG Impact VC fund, aiming to tackle these climate concerns by investing into early stage deep tech businesses. So we're going to go over with them what deep tech actually is and how it's pioneering the way for innovative, sustainable energy solutions. So with that in mind, stay tuned for our next episode. Exciting. And please remember, although we're financial advisors, please note our discussion today does not constitute as financial advice. It's just awesome insights into the ESG world and why you should consider investing ESG as your focus in the portfolio. And if you'd like to get in contact with either Candice or I, all of our details are in the show notes below and our Instagram handle is at TalkMoneyToMePodcast. So a little nod to our Nordic friends because they always seem to lead the way, the Swedes and the, the Danes. I'm going to give it a go. Goodbye. Adieu. <laughs> that was terrible. All right. We need someone to come and help us with uh, some language lessons. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.